I mean, Tom Ferry Network is top two networks in all of real estate industry to be involved in. If I was a realtor and I didn't have a big budget, man, I'd be jumping on that like in a minute. The hardest part about real estate is there's so many bells and whistles. Everyone comes in thinking it's selling Sunset and HGTV and it's it's not. What if you just change it and went, hey, for the next five years, interest rates are going to be at 8%. Just put that in your head. It's adding the exact measurement of how that would look in your room. Someone pitched this idea to me about five years ago, and I was like, love it if you can figure it out. Welcome to the Get Real Estate Podcast. Great to have you on, man. Yeah, dude. Glad to be talk. here. Um, no, look, I mean, first of all, you know, I have a couple things. So we, we work together. You're in Texas. We have a great joint venture with you guys. And, uh, you know, one thing is we have a, this mastermind where we kind of educate each other in terms of the other partners we have across the country. And you've been an amazing speaker at that, educating agents across the country. Uh, one thing I had on the list here was, you know, you really are an expert at the farming process. And like, you know, I think there's a lot of agents out there that they hear about farming, but they don't really know what that means. And I'd love for you to kind of shed some light on farming, how it works, what you think works and all of it, if you don't mind. Yeah. Well, I think, I think when people, when, when agents hear farming, they think, uh, you know, hey, pick an area and send a bunch of postcards to it and you're going to get all this business. And I started off doing farming, I mean, doing postcards only and learn, learn through it. But the, the way for me, it's really, I would say it's probably more like lifestyle farming because, I mean, like tonight, I'm going to, I'm doing this, I'm going to have a meeting after that. And then I'm going to, our neighborhood has a men's cornhole league. So I go to that, I sponsor it. Um, I sponsor anything and everything I can in the neighborhood. I've got three kids, every kid's sports teams, their school, uh, anything I can. We, we do about, we do a lot of events. We probably do six to eight events a year. I bought a photo booth that I let neighbors borrow. We, we, uh, Halloween night, we had this, you know, what was that two nights ago? I, you know, we, we set up a margarita machine, a photo booth, giving away full size candy bars, and then on top of that, like I do a lot of my business there. So when I get a listing, I'm, I'm doing mega open houses where I'm doing like a three day open house type thing. And one night's, uh, I free ice cream for the kids. Ice cream truck comes by next day is mimosas. The next day is a charcuterie board, but like it's all those things combined. And it's just, you know, the best compliment I ever received that gave me, which was kind of like my goal for farming was from. Uh, it was one of my past clients and I hadn't talked to her in a while. You know, that, that was bad. I felt bad, but I saw her post something on a neighborhood Facebook group looking for a painter. And I just text her. I go, Hey, call, call Jose. He's my painter guy. Um, and he'll do a great job. And we started talking and then she goes, it looks like things are doing well for you. If I didn't know better, it would seem like you're the, you're running for the mayor of Siena. And right. I was like, that's exactly what I want. I want wherever you look, I want my name to come up. I love it. I mean, but I think you you brought up a great point. I think people think of farming as postcards only. And so, you know, what else would you, you know, include when, if you had to explain farming? So events and, you know, resources. I mean, what else? How else would you describe farming? Yeah. So, I mean, um, it, it's, it's one, it's picking an area and usually you want to have at least, you know, 2,500 homes. And then it's, coming up with what are, what are the marketing tools that I'm going to use to get in front of people? We do an event. So like we do on 
we, we, we call them pop-up events. We used to do these big events, and then we started realizing, like, people are so busy. Let's just do something where they can come in real quick, get something, and leave. And, and we say, hey, I'm Ryan with the Adams Group, whatever. So yeah. we do uh, the day kids go back to school. We rent out the local coffee shop. And for two hours, whoever wants to come through uh, can come through. Moms, hey, moms, dads, drop your kids off school. Come get a free coffee in us. We're outside. We got mimosas, too, if you really want to have a good day. Good start your morning off right. That's one of event. We're doing one on uh, coming up in two weeks. Holiday postcards are always a big thing. Like everybody wants to get their like like that, that picture right behind you, whatever that whoever that is. Yep. That that is the so that we do that event and we basically hire eight photographers and we say, Hey, come for a 15 minute photo session. You'll get like five to seven photos for your Christmas card. It's on us. Uh, we pay the photographers. They come, it's done. Uh, of course, yeah. then we add them to our database and keep them Love in line. Uh, we then of course are doing postcards and things like that as well. Uh, I mean, I go through a bunch of different events that yeah. we do. Um, I know you're always looking at new innovative technology, stuff like that with the rise of AI, you know, what do you see as the role of the realtor and, you know, what's the risk to the realtor? Now? I mean, I think there's a lot of advantages for realtors to use AI. Perfect. I want to hear that. Uh, um, but as far as like the risk is, I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I kind of take Elon's take on that, which is like, it's already gone too far. And it, I mean, and the reality is lots of industries have replaced people with, uh, technology, but in the end, um, I mean, I still get frustrated with chat GPT all the time when you're like wanting it to say something or do something or whatever. And it's still just like, doesn't quite get it. It yeah. doesn't have a good sense of humor, by the way. Like if you <laughs> really try, but it just doesn't, I don't, I think in real estate it's going to be hard because like for me, I'm in Siena. I know like my neighborhood, if someone's moving in there, I know the ins, the outs, everything about that. It would, you know, it's again, like if you're a, if you're a Zillow or you're a home light or something like that, and your office is in Silicon Valley and you've got programs for people here locally, you can have that, but you're using an algorithm to figure out what works and what doesn't as far as sure. like valuations or whatever. You really have to have someone who knows it, boots on the ground, all that. So I think as long as you're a real estate agent and you're providing value, it's going to be hard for technology to replace you if that's where you were headed with that. I don't know. But uh, so th in that case, like that's good. Is that, does that answer that part of the yeah, question? Yeah, that part. No, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, look, we get it the same way on the title side. Oh, yeah. there's going to be a blockchain one day. Right. You're not going to be needed. And it's like, well, agree to disagree. Number one, we have like 100 answers we do per file per right. person on right. both sides. It's a lot of questions. People want to be talked through things. On top of that, we're holding lots of money. There's a variety of other, you know, there's a lot of questions that come up that aren't just like something you can Google, you know? So, and so, you know, like you said, if you're adding value, you're still going to have a job in some form or fashion, no matter right. what. And then on the other side, I know you're very handy in terms of like utilizing technology and other things. So, you know, what are those AI tools or technology tools that you use to help you as an agent? Yeah. Um, one that's really great that's out there is just say, I mean, a lot of people, if you don't have the budget to afford a videographer, someone to edit your stuff, uh, there's, a, I think there's one called Opus Pro where you film everything in vertical and then it'll cut out like five, six reels for you, put the captions on there for you too. Uh, in fact, I was looking at this one captions app 
which I, we have an editor that kind of does our stuff, but I was kind of looking, now that would be one area I'd be worried about uh, <laughs> because some of this stuff is just like, it's, uh, it's hard to, uh, I mean, like it, it's, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it right now, but like I can do AI on these, on this captions app. So like, here's a, here's a little captions thing we're doing. It has these AI features. This is the app's called captions. It does AI for zoom. So it's doing cuts. It does AI for images, which they're horrible when it does it, but I'm sure it'll get better, but they can throw up images. AI for eye, eye contact, AI for trim, AI for sensor, AI for spotlight, and AI for emojis. And like if I was a realtor and I didn't know what, like, I mean, you can see, like, it's doing all that. I did film it. But if I was a realtor and I didn't have a big budget, man, I'd be jumping on that like in a minute because getting out there is good. Uh, chat GPT is great. The, the th here's the key with chat GPT is prompting it correctly. I learned that is like, so, Hey, uh, chat GPT, by, by the way, how do you talk to him when you talk to him? Are you like, Hey, what's up, dude? Or Hey chat. Hey, you know, like I, yeah. I don't know what to call him. And I say please to him a lot. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm always like, Hey, please make me, he was like, he has good manners. Um, but, uh, what was I saying? Oh, um, I learned this from uh, just some other people really good at marketing, you know, prompting it. So, hey, write a description for a listing and make it enticing that someone would want to buy it. Because we just go in there, four bed, three bath, cozy, yeah. whatever. Like, make it as if you're selling this and someone would want to buy it, prompting it directly. Have a very uh, witty, professional, but laid back tone. Um, and make it, you know, like be specific when you're asking to do it and you'll see how impressive it is. Also, if you go in the settings, which let me see real quick, you can go under your name and there's something called custom instructions. So you want to, what would you like chat GPT to know about you to provide better responses? How would you like chat GPT to respond? And I put, yeah. because that's like knowing your audience, I sure. put, I want you to respond, uh, pre presented in an informative, concise concise and inspirational manner and aim to keep my writing in an eighth grade level for accessibility because some people I'm, I don't want to use big words and you know, that are in real estate that nobody ever hears. So I want it to be, you know, everybody can understand it, but those are the main ones we use there. One that's really cool, which you can use this kind of for staging perspective or your house. It is called uh room planning room planner app, room planner app. And you can go scan your room and it'll give you the exact measurements of your home, create a 3D layout, which let me show you. I did it. We're trying to figure out if we could fit uh, a sitting area in, um, in uh, our, uh, we wanted to put a couple of armchairs in our master. And we, I was like, what would fit? All right. So I'm going to show you like this, this is the sketch of our room that it's scanned like literally and it just scanned it. And then like, you can go here and um, let me show you real quick. Cause this is, this is crazy, dude. So I can go here and click add a piece of furniture and, and then it looks up stores online of pieces of furniture and it knows the measurement. So then when you click it and add it, it's adding the exact measurement of how that would look in your, room that's crazy someone pitched this idea to me about five years ago and i was like love it if you can figure it out they never did figure it out but that is exactly what they were talking about which is awesome 
You know, like the fact that they have the dimensions, they look it up. I mean, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. All right. So I, I know that um, I believe you're in the Tom Ferry Coaching Network. You're a coach yourself. You know, it was funny. I, so one thing we always try to do at Ally Title is we try to come up with tools that make agents successful. So we came up with a retention strategy through Client Giant. We came up with Pandenberg Creative, which is a video. Stra- do you you know, get, video so you guys start- use Client Giant? Yeah. So we used to use Client Giant ourselves. And yep. I thought it was hard for a title company, and I'll tell you why, is because I would send you, a, you know, let's say like there's a gift of a client or something where they're right. getting, you know, less than $20 gifts four times a year. But you might have an ops person on your team that should also be taken care of and whatever. What I like about Client Giant for real estate agents is you know who your buyer is, you know who your seller is. And so you just need to pop those in there and they're going to get four gifts a year in their top of the mind program. So anyway, that's why I like it. You never have to think about it. You don't have to ship stuff that doesn't fit in boxes that just all taken care of for you. Well, I'd love to get your thoughts on it because I actually, I've never heard about it and a coaching client mentioned it to me and I set up a call tomorrow to talk to them about it. So I'd love to awesome. Pick yeah. your brain. We, we reached out to them and negotiated a discount for agents, just like you know, might have something versus not. Right. Sure. And, but for me, what I was thinking is if I have a hundred, as we have some of our clients like yourself, you know, they're selling a hundred, 200, 300 homes a year. How the hell are you going to keep in touch with all those buyers and sellers? Right. right? And oh, so the yeah. good news of client giant is you take a spreadsheet, you upload the whole thing into a database and you're done. Right. And they're going to get four gifts a year, you know, right. from the agent to them. And so anyway, there's a tool we like, we're always looking for what's that next tool. We were just doing a survey. We were doing a little case study asking agents like what, like when you think, like what tools would you want? And someone said mentorship or coaching, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, that's something, and I've heard this a lot in different conferences I've been to. So how did you get into coaching? How did you get in the sure. Tom Ferry Network? Tell me about that experience. So I was, um, I had always done, participated in life coaching uh, since I was in my early 20s. And life coaching was more, you meet with the coach and it wasn't just on your business. It was your whole life. Like, how do I, you know, what's the type of life I want to live? How do I get there? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so you meet with them once a week and it's just continual accountability to, you know, you set up a, a life plan for all the goals you have and then you slowly chip away at them, um, you know, whatever time frame is. So when I got into real estate, uh, I was on a team uh, and I love my, my, I love my team leader, obviously, um, quite a bit. Uh, but he, he's one of my best friends to this day. But that wasn't his, that wasn't his game plan. He was great at teaching real estate, but life planning wasn't necessarily his, his game. And but I, so I was like, I need someone formally to go. All right, I know where I want to be in my business. How do I get there? I, I don't, I can't do it today, and I can't do it this year. How do I get there? And I went through a couple different coaching companies, um, and it, and then I came across Tom Ferry. And then, uh, and then it, I mean, I've been in the business six years. Uh, I'll be starting my seventh year and haven't, haven't not grown more than, you know, less than 30% each year. So, I mean, I'm like, you know, it's, I'm like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I do think, especially like young people that are getting in the industry, you know, join a team that's been wildly successful. And then the fact that you actually have the ability to coach seems like just another added value for people to join your team. Well, and anybody on my team, we, you know, we, I offer that to them as well. So they, we do that. Um, I don't do it once a week, but I am doing it every other week, but I'm, I'm going to be more available than 
even my coaching clients. But, you know, I saw what it did for me. And then I, you know, and then being asked to do it, uh, it's, it's the reason I do it. It's kind of the same thing. The reason I run a team, I'm kind of wired as a coach and I take a lot of joy and get my kind of my own selfish joy from watching people start here, go to the next level. And so it's something I can do that I can walk away with and yeah, I get paid a little bit of money, but it's, it's, it's more of like, in, in as far as the coaching world, like professional coaching with Tom Ferry, I'm doing it. I see the benefit, but I'm also not like my brain is in there all day, every day with people on my team. I'm all, you know, I'm like in the middle of it. Um, I'm thinking about it all the time, but I get a lot of out of it personally. And then, it, and then it also just helps out your network. You know, I know a lot of people, I mean, Tom Ferry network is I probably the best or top two networks in all of real estate industry to be involved in because uh, you, so much, so many high performing um, agents are involved in that. And you, I mean, you can, if you're involved in that and the only really way you can really get involved with it besides watching free YouTube stuff is to get into coaching. Yeah. But if you're involved in it, as far as referrals, knowledge, you can get pretty much anything you want. I mean, that's how we came across you guys was, was through that. So. No, it's it's a really good point. I mean, we work with a lot of the top producing teams across the country, and quite a few of them are in the Tom Ferry network. I've never met them before, but like, you know, there's obviously that says something, right? And yeah. it is a powerful network, no doubt. Um, you know, we kind of talked about some things you would do, whether you're getting new in the business or you're starting off. What are some things that you have seen agents do that you'd be like, don't waste your time there? So someone new getting into the industry, what should they not be doing? The hardest part about real estate is there's so many bells and whistles. And I mean, I get, I don't know if you guys like the title. I probably get, and I've tried to filter it out 20, 20 sales calls a day. Yeah. Uh, and it's from health insurance to I'm selling you leads till I'm, I would, I, and I don't know the answer of what not to do. Uh, sure. I'm more of what I would say, what not to do is not keep yourself focused on the right things but don't allow yourself to get pulled by all the bells and whistles because there are a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. And I would, I would pick the things that, um, you know, pick three to five lead sources that interview. I would, I would get, I would buy coffee or beer or whatever you do with the, the, the best performing agent you can get in front of and go, if you're brand new, I'd probably join a team that you know that could help take your business next level. That's number one. Mm -hmm. But if you're not going to go that route, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but if you were not, I would interview as many agents as you can, which it's crazy that people don't do that. And I would go, what has been over the course of your career, the top three to five most high performing, best ROI lead sources that you've done? Yep. And, and then pick three of them and give it all you can to those three or four for six months and then reevaluate. Most people jump in for a week or two weeks, three weeks and go, Oh, it didn't work out. I mean, this is a long-term game, long-term play always with real estate. Cause it's about relationships and those don't come overnight. Um, but most, I mean, that's why the failure rate of a real estate agent is so, is so quick because you know, they're, they're probably dabbling in a million different things and never really give it a full try. Like farming, Example for me, yeah. I yeah. started farming four years ago, year, almost through the end of the second year, I didn't even have a return on farming. Yeah. And I'd, I'd spent twenty thirty thousand $30,000. So 
I, you, it's a long play and you have to play. And that's kind of what I've always told my coaching clients has been, you need to have some long-term lead sources and you need to have some short-term lead sources. And you need to always be working both of those at the same time. Because while you're building this one up, you are able to get right now business, which this is like open houses, door knocking, cold calling, all that stuff that nobody wants to do. But that's what helps sustain you while you're building up your SOI and your past clients and your farming and that long-term business. No, I think that's a great point. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. I talked with an agent. She was the number one real estate agent in Old Town, uh, Alexandria, where I am. And when we were starting the business, she's like, yeah, I'll tell you a story. I I did a lot of direct mail the first year. I never got one deal. But by the second year came along, I would meet people and they're like, oh, I've been seeing you for 10 years advertising, you know, so, you know, because that consistency does work and, and you know, it starts building people's minds. But like you said, consistency, you got to keep it going. It really is. It's just like what what we try and, and even in Tom Ferry world, the thing I like about it, too, it's pretty simple is and I, I'll be doing a um, I'll be and you guys are you're welcome to invite any allied people, but I'm basically going to take people create a business plan here at the end of November and business plan for 2024. And it's so simple. It's what are my lead source? And we've, we've got the data to be able to go. If you do this, this, and this, you're going to get this in closings. We we're able to figure that out. I mean, we already know right now, the biggest stat you need to know is if you have 40 real estate conversations, that should equal one closing. Now, what is a real estate conversation? It's a, it's a, it's either asking for an appointment or it's asking for a referral. If you have 40 of those, you get a closing. But we basically take your business plan is like, right, how many deals did you do last year? How many deals do you want to do next year? What's your average price point? What do you want your GCI to be? Let's create the why of why you're doing it. And then what are the lead sources you're going to do to, to how much you're going to get from each lead source? Yep. And then what are the action steps under each lead source you're going to do? So like I'm going to do, and what I've done in my career is just scaled it up a little bit each year. So here's my farming and what I did last year. Let me scale it up a little this year. And as I scaled up, then then you get to like, all right, I did good enough last year. I can bring in a staff person to help me scale it up even more. Because at some point, you're going to run out of time. And then that's always the hardest part, I feel like, for agents. When do I hire my first person? Um, and 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 sometimes you got to take a risk. But And that's the other thing, too. If you're yeah. going to get into real estate and not take a risk, good luck. Because yeah, at some point, you have to just take a risk. Yeah. And on that, on the time to hire someone, you know, like you said, there's never a perfect time to do it, but I've never seen anyone really that's as long as they've continued to put the work in, say they hired them too early. Right. Right. There's to become so valuable and you figure it out in a sense. A um, lot going on in our industry right now. Big, big NAR lawsuit yeah. you know, the last couple of days. You know, give me your thoughts about the lawsuit. How does that change things moving forward? I mean, it, I have talked to so many people about it. It changes things to me and it doesn't, it doesn't change anything to me in a sense. I mean, we've been operating the same way for so long that most sellers understand how it works, that agents don't work for free and there's a buyer representation and there's a seller representation. And it, you know, for us, we're gonna have an uh, we're gonna just have an addendum that explains it all out and the, the seller signs on it. Are there gonna be agents that come out there and go, hey, you don't have to pay the buyer if you don't have to pay the buyer? Um, just pay me the whatever percentage and you don't have to pay the buyer. Yes. But those same agents, um, there's agents that are out there, hey, I'll do I'll do your listing for five hundred dollars, but you kind of get what you pay for. Yeah, and sure. as all to me, all it means is 
we're just going to have to have the conversation. I mean, I don't think anyone, I mean, I don't even know all the details of this. I mean, I've read, I've read about it, but I don't know. I haven't dived into it and read everything, but you know, probably how it got to where it was at is that things were not communicated up front. Mm -hmm. And as long, I think for what it really means, in my opinion, is we're just going to be having conversations up front with everyone ahead of time of how commission works. That's my opinion. I, I really don't think, I do think it's going to have an effect on the industry, but I, I, as long as you're upfront, aware, um, and doing your due diligence, you're going to be fine. And transparency. I mean, I think in our industry, you know, joint ventures exist, ABAs exist. And the, the key to those is transparency, that everyone knows what's going on. And everyone, and that typically in all 50 states, there's form of joint ventures. Now, there's some pressure on joint ventures across the country and some attorney generals and different opportunities. So we'll see how that plays out. But, um, you know, one thing that we always talk about is, you know, we do have joint ventures, but we have parent company files. Everyone gets charged the same. We have over 9,000 five-star reviews. You know, the consumer is having a great experience. And so if people are like yourself, part of a joint venture, but transparent, your people are giving five-star reviews, you know, I think it comes down to more transparency is what my guess would be as I listen to what it's about, um, which, you know, has happened in the industry and is always going to continue to happen more. Yeah. So look, you have one of the fastest growing teams in all of Texas. Congratulations. Um, some of my research that we've done, you were not always in the real estate industry. So I, I believe not. you were in a nonprofit before this. What were you doing and how did you get into real estate? Yeah. I, uh, so when I was in Virginia, I grew up, um, I was involved with Young Life and uh, Young Life's a national organization, um, a Christian organization, and was involved with that since I was a kid. Um, and then I, I kind of my last role with Young Life was development. And I was over Southern uh, part of Southern California and uh, kind of helping the Young Life area out there. And then our families from so my, my wife's family's from Houston mm -hmm. and uh, my mom was going to end up moving to Houston and so Houston's kind of middle of the country. We were flying back and forth from, uh, you know, Orange County to Virginia to see my family. Houston's your family. We're like, we got to get somewhere closer to family. And, and I just felt it was a time. I'm still serving the board for Young Life. Um, but we were, I wanted to get, but I basically built teams. And so when I came into real estate, I came in going, I want to build a team that right. does an exceptional job at real estate. And I'd worked with some, uh, I, I had some investment properties I'd worked with some great real estate agents and I worked with some horrible real estate agents. And I was like, this isn't, I mean, if, if you treat your clients well and you follow up and you have great communication, you there's, I mean, I know it's a low bar to get into residential real estate, but there's also like a lot of opportunity to stand out. Sure. And that's what actually got me into it. And uh, it wasn't even my first choice, but when I got back, we got back to Houston, we moved here, not even knowing what we we're going to do. And then uh, that's kind of what it is. I mean, I had an MBA. I mean, I I was ready to roll and go into corporate world and all that stuff. But then I decided. Yeah. That so is there anything that you, you know, recently have changed your mind on, on what used to be successful? So like, hey, I always done this. And I'm now because of whether it's technology or the change in the world, like I don't believe it to be an effective tactic or strategy anymore. Well, I think the biggest thing is diversification of investments is is big. A lot of people, I mean, as real estate agents, a lot of people come out and are like, um, you know, you got to invest in real estate and that's where, you know, it's always grows. I do agree you should, 
but I do, I'm starting to learn more and more and more. Like I had a gal on my podcast that they're in Nashville. She's a real estate agent and they, they're buying businesses. All right. Average. And, and I'm maybe jacking up the stats here, but it's going to be close enough. What's the average return on a real estate investment year over year? Do you know that? Um, I'm just going to think about some house flips I did on my own. Not even flips. Just uh, no, average, like, uh, I think it's like 4%. So I think, I think she said seven to 8%. Yeah. Um, average return on put it in the market, stock market. What would you say? Seven, 8%. Yeah. Yeah. It's businesses, good. buying businesses. We're talking about buying. Most of them are small businesses, like 55% return. And so just thinking outside of the box and they're mainly like buying like a plumbing business, a roofing business, sure. like small business and people who've been doing it forever and they're just ready. They're tired. They're ready to get out. And yep. it's a lot of creative fi financing. That's something that's new is like really having a, I think, I think we're going to shift because my personal opinion, I'm not going to make a prediction on interest rates, but I, I listen to a lot of stuff, read a lot. I think we're going to be in a high interest rate season and meaning seven, eight percent for a while. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's going to be the case. I mean, in the end, the feds are up to that decision. But if we don't, I think we're going to be have a we're going to be in a worse economic situation if we don't do that. Um, but I think we've got to get used to that. And then which means we might need to embrace more creative financing options uh, yeah. out there. To your original question in real estate, I think agents that are that are coming into the business, most of them who come in, have this idea of what it's going to take to, to get it. And I think partly we've all been spoiled because in 2021 and 2022, you could have a pulse, put a sign in the yard. You're going to do well. If you knew people who are selling, I, you have to do to get that same result. You're going to have to do three times the amount of work in the next year, two, three years. And so you, I think agents need, need to just own up and go, it's not going to be easy. It's got to be, it's going to be hard. It's going to take hard work. Like every other industry goes through different phases. It's going to be the same thing. Um, and everyone comes in thinking it's selling sunset and HGTV and it's, it's not right. well. And here, and here's an interesting thing. I, I was just telling our team this week, I go, what if you changed your mindset to when interest rates drop? How many, how many videos do we see when interest rates drop? Yeah. yeah. Um, what if you just change it and went, Hey, for the next five years, interest rates are going to be at 8%. Just put that in your head. Mm -hmm. How does that conversation look like with your clients, your potential clients, all that? Because I wrote, I, I just looked up some numbers yesterday, but it feels bad being an 8%. But in 2000, the year 2000, the interest rate was 8.25% and 5 million, 5.2 million homes were sold. Right. Okay. That was just. 2000. Okay. Which maybe feel like a lot to millennials, but to us, that doesn't seem that far away. And then in 1979, the year I was born, interest rate was 11% and they sold more homes in 1979 than we will this year. So I get yeah. that it's hard, but like, I mean, 2005, you had the highest, the quickest increase in interest rates went up five points. I'm oh, sorry. That was 81, 81 went up five points that yeah. year. And it survives. People are always going to buy and sell houses. You've just got to go be in front of people when they're ready to make that. Be honest, deliver value, help them understand the market. The hardest part for people to swallow right now is like, hey, in 2021, you could have you could have like bought a house at a really good cost with a 2.8% interest rate. You probably won't see that again in your lifetime. Our kids probably won't see that again in their lifetime. Uh, 
that's a really good point. You had mentioned uh, you had someone on your podcast. In fact, um, for those of uh, for our listeners that want to you know follow your podcast, where, where can they go to follow? What's it called? It's on Spotify and Apple. Uh, it's called The Closing Table with Ryan Adams. There's, I think there's some other closing table names too. Um, but yeah, we it's I, it's it's mainly a lot of people that I know. I'd love to have you on there at some point too. Um, and I just I mean, it's very low key. Uh, it, over a lot of, lot of different topics. Like my, we had a guy on there, the most interesting one. I mean, it's funny. We had like 2 million views of this reel of him on our, on our social channel. Uh, and he is an iron, he, he does Ironmans. He got tired of doing Ironmans. So he started doing Ironmans with a blind lady. And he just basically like goes with her the entire Ironman, like the bike, the swim, the run and is basically her eyes for the thing. And he's done multiple of those and hearing his story. It's, it's, it was pretty amazing, but yeah, we got all kinds of people in there. It's not just real estate related. It's more geared toward entrepreneurs, sales, people who want to grow. Like it doesn't matter. So yeah, two more questions for you. So one is, um, you know, so you always have business gurus who are like, you know, this is, this is what I believe or whatever the case is. A lot of times it's consistent themes you hear throughout a market. Are there any like opinions that you hear consistently? You're like, I do not agree with that. Uh, I've always thought I keep my mind on what I believe to be true and, and, and really try to block out the negative stuff. There right. is negative stuff, but it's kind of going to show you like when it comes to something I don't necessarily agree on, I don't let it stay in my brain too much because, you know, like something comes up, I don't agree with it. I'm I'm going to look, I'm trying to find the things that I, I align with, if that makes sense. But no, no, there's that, tons of stuff that's, that's out there. That's a hard question right there. Let's be I, I think, I do think the, uh, the, the, I think the biggest mistake that real estate agents right now are making is I see so many people getting on and it isn't, it isn't big name people, but it's so many people getting on. It's not just real estate agents too. I mean, there's, there's entrepreneurs, there's big names that are getting on and going, Hey, it's a great time to buy. It's a great time to sell as a very strong statement. And it, it may be for some people, but some people it may not be um, yeah. like, I'm the worst person. Like I was, I, I've told my coaching clients, I'm like, Hey, if you're going to like circle prospect or whatever, I'm the worst person to be calling because I'm doing great in business. My kids still have 16 more years of school. I've got a 2.9% interest rate. I'm not going anywhere, man. I yeah. love where I live. Like, yeah. don't call me. So you got to figure out who the people are. Like, you know, like I think the top prospect right now is someone who's got a hundred percent equity in their home and they need to downsize, which you can find that list, you know, and, and, and that's the people you're calling who can take their cash and go buy a house for cash. Cause they don't have to worry about the interest. The biggest thing I would say, I, the biggest, if there was three uh, areas that I would say to, in my opinion, are the are the top things real estate agents need to be thinking about. Actually, I, it almost could apply to any industry. It's mindset, skill set, action. Mindset being before you get into anything, your mind's got to be right. You, got, you, can, you can have a great plan of attack, but if you wake up and your mind ain't right and you're not motivated and you're not ready to roll, it's not going to work out. Skill set is you can have a great mindset but if you don't know what you're doing and you're leading people in the wrong direction and you don't have the right skill set or you don't know how to have the skills you need in your business, your industry, whatever it is, you can take all the actions you want to take, but they could, you don't know, you know, you don't know what you're doing. 
And then of course, action, you can take a lot of actions, but if they're not backed up by the right mindset, skill set, what I find is most people every and myself too, every day, I'm probably doing okay in two of the three areas. But when you really can get yourself in all three areas, because there's, I would say probably the biggest thing is a lot of agents, agents either to me deal more so with mindset and action than anything, because if they can get their mindset right, they can get the skill set and take action. But a lot of another mindset, right? And then a lot of agents, they might have the right, right mindset and right skill set, but they never take action. No, it makes a lot of sense, man. Um, well, hey, listen, it's great chatting with you. Actually, um, yeah, every time I've spoken to you, your wealth of knowledge, I have a feeling you'll have some good podcast suggestions for people out there. Like, who are the top two to three podcasts? You oh, sure, to? absolutely. Um, yeah. I like the Tim Ferriss show because I think he. I like. I love the data and the science that he's always like. What I only want to do 20 percent of the work to get eighty percent of the act. You know the result. I, I love that. The one I've really been into lately is um, what is it called? The All In Podcast with uh, and it's and it's if you really need a non biased, non political because you've got Dems and uh, you've got Dems and Republicans on in this. Uh, these guys are all millionaires, but they speak on all the different topics from, you know, interest rates, GDP, all that stuff. Uh, and then what's going across the world. But they're the smartest people in the world. Cool. All right, man. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you very much, man.